Well, hello everybody. This is Rich Poland. And it's Stacey Ham. And we are coming to you with another episode of Valentine's Day edition, Stacey. Uh, Uh, Osmo? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, well, we're both very lucky. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is our Valentine's Day edition, also a day after the Super Bowl edition, and the day after, you know, what I think is the most fun tournament in all of golf, and we were talking that maybe next year, next year will be special because the Phoenix Open is always the week of the Super Bowl, but next week it's, uh, next year uh, the Phoenix Open is in, uh, or the Super Bowl is in Phoenix, or, in, or in, Glen, in Glendale, same same area. So we were actually thinking about going down next year and, and maybe uh, uh, podcasting live from the Phoenix Open. What do you think? That, that was your idea. Yeah, I think it's great. And then go to the Super Bowl. We get to pick, pick the Super Bowl. Fun, right? It would be fantastic. Great. Yeah, that's, that's our goal next year. Other, other, the, other than the Ryder Cup. What's the, what's the kind of best sporting event? I mean, not best. I mean, obviously, we've all seen great games. Um, like, you know, I think the most exciting game I've ever been to, exciting, most exciting sporting event I've ever been to, was that game six, Rockets against the Blazers. And I can't remember, what was it, 16 or 17, where the Rockets went on top. Chandler Parsons tipped in a ball, and they went on top with, like, what was it, like less than a second left. And, uh, and if they won that game, they were going to go back to Houston uh, uh, with the series tied at three. And then Dame hit that three-point shot uh, with less than a second on the clock, you know, time running out uh, from about, you know, 35 feet away. That's the individual greatest sporting event I've ever been to. Uh, well, if, weren't we at that Oklahoma City game where Dame, they were talking about talking about Dame setting back and knocked down that shot? I was I, no, I I wasn't at that game. I I remember where I was. We were at what's what's the name of that the the the, the stadium bar that that went away, and we were at the bar because I had Osmo with me, uh, my dog, and and when the when Dame hit that shot, that shot that's called the bad shot because Paul George said it was a bad shot. When Dame hit that shot, and the whole place erupted. Um, Osmo freaked out and just, had leave, right? I had to leave and like, I had to have her run around, run around the block two times because she was just freaked out with how loud the people was, were, were, were. You know, what made me think of that, and last case you Well, I'll tell you what, what, Russell Westbrook looks to be at the end of his professional career. And, you know, Dame has not had a great year, but I think his is injury-related. So, uh, um, I mean, let me, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Dame has never been pulled for the fourth quarter of a game. It's a, they were twenty six and thirty the last time I checked, which is really amazing, really amazing with with Anthony Davis and LeBron. But um, 
What the other, the other, I don't know about you, the other greatest sporting event, I mean, you've been to, I, I mean, you, I know you were at the U.S. Open at the Olympic, at the Olympic Club. We were both at the U.S. Open um, at Chambers Bay, but like in a team sport event, what's, other than those Blazer game, what's the, what's the best game you've been to in a team sport event? So I would say I would say in the same vein. I've been to a bunch of good college football games. Even back when I was a kid, uh, we used to go to to Miami Beach to to visit my grandparents. And my grandfather would, if we were there over uh, uh, New Year's, he would always get tickets to the Orange Bowl. So we saw a couple of really great Orange Bowl games, including a classic Orange Bowl game that was between Oklahoma and Nebraska. Uh, Billy Sims against uh, I think I am Hip and. That was a great game. But the best game I've ever been to, I went to the national championship game uh, at the Sugar Bowl uh, that was uh, Michael Vick and Virginia Tech against, against uh, uh, Chris Wanky and Peter Warwick and Florida State. And Florida State won the game, but you know Michael Vick was amazing. Uh, But I've got to say, you know, having, having been to these events, you know, that's three hours and it's an intense three hours. Going to the Ryder Cup is, is three days and it's all day long, three days. So there's nothing, there's really, you know, uh, if you're a golf fan, if you're a sports fan, there's nothing that beats going to the Ryder Cup. And anybody out there who's never been, uh, it is an experience to cherish. And... Well, what are we going to do today? We're going to talk about the tournaments this weekend, and we're going to uh, and then have uh, our kind of special feature is we're going to we're going to each well it was your idea, Stacey, so I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you describe it. Eight players. I'm going to choose uh, four players, two from the U.S., 
uh, team that I think are up and comers or players that I want to see on the Ryder Cup team, and then I'm going to choose two from the European team that I think should up and coming and should make that right, that I'd like to see on the Ryder Cup team, or it's just going to be the same. I thought that would be kind of a cool thing because we're getting that point of the year where these majors are coming up and they really do matter. We've got the players coming up, we've got the masters, so we're getting into the meaty part of the season. So I thought it would be a good time to start looking ahead well it is it is the meaty part of the season and uh, i'm going to admit that you know normally on a saturday and sunday i just sit there doing work doing you know some of my some of my kind of non-clinical work uh, consulting work and watch watch the tournaments uh but i was i was yeah i was i was in las vegas this weekend uh, uh i had been invited to uh, the Super Bowl party at the MGM Grand, and I couldn't turn that down. So uh, I did watch a, a lot of the tournament on Sunday, and I actually watched a lot of the tournament on Friday, Stacy. Uh, I was supposed to be giving expert testimony on, on, on Friday afternoon, but the case settled, and so I didn't have anything to do Friday afternoon, so it was great. I just I watched the tournament on Friday afternoon, but I didn't see very much on Saturday. And on Sunday, because the, the tournament went to a playoff, uh, it kind of got hidden behind the Super Bowl because, you know, people started watching the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so I... I always the thing with that tournament. It, it, it butts up to the Super Bowl, right? And if they go play extra holes, then I don't know how, how they get past those people out there to start watching the Super Bowl. They just put it on the big screen and play it there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wish they'd had it on the big screen, but they had... This was at the, uh, at the uh, Aria uh, No, no, they, so, so this was all for, you know, if you were, I guess, you know, a gold card, I, you know, I do not, as you know, Stacy, I do not gamble, but I had people around me who do gamble and are gold and platinum card members and they get sent these freebies. They're, they're told to come in and they're comped for the weekend and they get a room and they get each two tickets to this event, which was fantastic. I, you know, there were, there were, I think like, 700 couches and each couch was for two people and they had I mean you know they had all kinds of food and drink all complimentary no it was buffet if you were if you were really high roller I mean beyond the level of what we were uh, I think they they'd come up to you but but yeah it was and it's so funny so um, the, our group, we, we had two tables. And so what they said, they're used to this. So what they said is put your wristband on really loose so you can take it off and then give it to somebody else. But I guess they got from their host another table at the end. So there was plenty of room for everybody. But, uh, um, uh, I wound up at my at my table alone because because Melissa who I was there with went off to to shop or gamble or whatever Melissa was going to do so I'm left there on 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 my own at our couch which was fine I, I, I was actually paying more attention to these reports that came out that Dan Snyder is on his last legs and and our Washington football team because I hate the name uh, is finally is finally going to get a new owner maybe so I'm like uh, a couple billion. But yeah, there was a, there was a report that came out last night on Pro Football Talk that that uh, 
the owners are kind of reached a point where they want them to sell. And in fact, it said, this is very interesting. So last year, a report came out on a, on a DC kind of morning sports show called The Sports Junkies. And The Sports Junkies really started out as guys like us, you know, just buddies who talked about sports and they got a gig. And now they're, you know, the leading sports program in kind of morning drive in DC. And they had a report that the Wilkinson report on Dan Snyder and workplace uh, harassment and, and, you know, and, and uh, uh, inappropriate behavior in, on the football team, uh, that, the, that the report was they were gonna ask for Dan Snyder's uh, to sell the team. But the NFL came out and, and denied the report and there was never a written report apparently given to the NFL at the NFL's request. Well, the sports, the sports junkies came out and they said that Dan Snyder, that Beth Wilkinson had advised that Dan Snyder be meant to sell the team, but they had to, retra- they had to you know, retract that uh, because the NFL denied it. Well, apparently Mike Florio came out and said there was a written Wilkinson report and it did say that. And the NFL, um, uh, I guess, tabled it. And, and so, uh, yeah, anybody out there, anybody out there who's a long-suffering uh, Washington football team fan like I am, I, I mean, I would almost rather see them, you know, lose, ha- have a different owner than, you know, have success in the next couple of years. Because the... Well, didn't he sell his, his uh, didn't he sell his controlling, didn't he step down as Amazon CEO? He does own the Washington. He owns the Washington Post, but I don't know if he. Yeah, I think he owns that personally, as opposed to Amazon. Oh, okay. So he just probably be one of the people that he, he wants to own. He, he wants to own. He wants to own a team, and it would only make sense for him to do it in D.C. And in fact, if you look on Twitter, there are people who are just you know begging Jeff Bezos every day. So anyway, so 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 anyway, so so uh, I go off at, at the end. You know, um, the cousins came over to me and said, "You're sitting there by yourself. Why don't you come sit with us?" So I go over and I sit with them for most of the game and it comes down to the end of the game and, and I, you know, I had a tip, you know, I had tip money for the waitress, you know, who was bringing drinks. And so I said, I'm going to go over and, and, you know, watch a little bit over in the other seats, just myself, but because I got to give the waitress tip money. And so there's these big Armenian guys from Detroit who were sitting next to us and they had kind of bled into our seat because there were, I guess, you know, there were more of them. And so one of them was sitting in our in our couch. And I was like, no, no big deal. I just, you know, no big deal. And so these guys, these guys, you know, they're really nice and they're asking me, you know, oh, are you up or down in this game? And I'm like, uh, neither. <laughs> and they look at me and I goes, well, who did you bet on? And I said, uh, nobody. <laughs> and, and, and then they say, well, how are you doing this weekend? Or, you know, are, are you, have you, have you won or lost at, at the tables this weekend? I'm like, uh, I'm neutral. <laughs> I haven't, <laughs> and, and they look at they, they they look at me like I am the biggest loser on the face of the planet because I don't gamble and I and I'm like I'm sorry it's not, you know I'm, okay. it's amazing you know it's the same as like browbeating someone for not drinking right I mean kind of very very similar gambling and drinking and smoking I mean I'm not against it I have no value judgment if it's if you know if you think it's fun. Then it's then go for it. It's you know go for it in, in a legal setting. Uh, fine, and I enjoy watching it. 
I, you know, Melissa was playing this. You ever see this Chinese poker game called Pai Gao? That's what she was playing. So it was funny. She was she was losing losing her losing her hat playing Pai Gao. She losing 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 losing, and then she would go play blackjack and win it all back. Win it all back. She was great. And now what I but I was like Melissa, why don't you just play blackjack? And she's like, Well, I enjoy Pai Gao, but you lose in Pai Gao. Oh, oh, so, 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 oh, so that, yeah, I, I forgot to say. So she was playing $100 hands first, but she might bet $200. And then she was playing a $300 table, $300 a hand. And she was losing a lot. But so sitting next to her, you know, there's like, you know, people around the table. And sitting next to her was a guy who was like, I know who that is. I, I recognize him, but I didn't recognize, you know, I recognize him, but I didn't recognize him. So Melissa... It's two in the morning on Saturday morning, and I'm done. I mean, I got up early in the morning. I'm on no sleep. I'm not gambling. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm going up. I'm going upstairs to go to sleep. So in the morning, she comes in. She's down, at that point, she's down, you know, a significant amount of money. She comes in on, at eight in the morning and throws a big wad of cash on the bed where she had won it all back playing blackjack in the high rollers room. And, and I say to her, I say, well, Melissa, you know, did you meet anybody famous? I mean, it was a big night there because not only is, this, is the Super Bowl coming up, but um, there was a UFC fight and I guess George Strait was playing. So there were a lot of people there. And she says, well, I met this hockey player. And I'm like, oh, really? And, you know, again, I was a hockey broadcaster in, in college. I love hockey. And so I was like, oh, who, who was it? Thinking it was someone who was in town to play the, the, the Golden Knights, although I knew the Golden Knights weren't in town because I would have gone to the game on Saturday night if they'd been in town. And she, and she said, oh, it was that guy sitting next to me um, at the $300 pie gal table. And I think and I think and I'm like, holy, holy, you know, F-U-C-K, that was Jeremy Roenick. And Jerry Monish, by the way, a great golf golfer. He's one of those guys who's always at the top of the leaderboards on those celebrity tournaments. So it was, and I and I say that was Jeffrey Roenick, and and she says, well, I don't know who it is. He just said he was he was in the NHL for a long time, and you know I I you know and I thought I knew it was Jeremy Roenick, and I brought up his picture and I'm like, yeah, that's him. His he has that tattoo on his wife, uh, you know, of his daughter's name on his arm, Brandy. Yeah, just like Wikipedia says. So. Melissa's, Melissa's playing, playing $300 hands of pie gal next to Jeremy Roenick, who got, can, who, got, who got canceled. You know, Jeremy Roenick got canceled um, because he made jokes about like having a threesome with, his, with another broadcaster who was his wife's friend. He was just joking about it. And then make, and saying that if it had been, if he, was a, if he was a gay man like Johnny Weir, he could have said much more outrageous things and not gotten canceled. So anyway. No, I think he was just hanging out because he's still, you know, married with a kid, and I think they live in Phil in Philadelphia area. But uh, wow. anyway, I, I would I have said anything to Jeremy Roenick if I if I'd known it was him? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it was pretty cool. I, I, it, I but it was one of those people that I was looking at. I was like, you know, I know who this guy is. I've seen this guy before, but he just looked a lot older than Jeremy Roenick because he is older. Anyway, 
Well, if, if, I, if I know it's Jeremy Mori, I might have asked him to be on our podcast because, I mean, he's a broadcaster, number one. Well, he's not a broadcaster anymore, but he was a broadcaster and he's a great golfer. So. Yeah, he would have been a good guy to be on But uh, we, looked, we, looked, we looked for him last night and uh, didn't, 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 didn't find him. So, so, she, so she had lost, she had gained it all back plus some playing blackjack on Saturday night. Lost a lot of it playing Pai Gao again on Sunday. Gained, it, gained most of it back, in fact, all of it back, plus a little bit playing blackjack. And then lost a bunch of it playing Pai Gao. And then finally, you know, at the end of the day, she, she was playing slots and, did, and actually did well and, and got back close to even. Close to even for the weekend. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it, but, but she, 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 she was, I, I mean, you, you heard what kind of hand she's playing. She, she, but she, so here's the thing. She knows what she's doing. She's a serious player. Um, you know, and Pai Gao, she, she's, I don't think she can count cards. She said she doesn't count cards, but she anticipates. So she, you know, she, um, but she's a serious player. She's smart. And, you know, even she was losing in Pai Gao, but she was playing the right way. There are other these idiots who are playing, and they're like like Pai Gao. They had no idea how to play. They're like asking Melissa what to do, and they're putting down you know five hundred dollars a hand, and they're just throwing away money. Or I don't I don't get it. I don't get it either. I mean, you should know how to play this stuff before you go. If you're, I mean, unless you have tons of money, don't just throw around. I guess. I guess. I I mean, if, but if you had tons of money to throw, I, I mean, I, you know, I hate to say it. Well, I'd rather, you know, if you're just throwing money away, give it to charity. The casinos don't need your money. Give it to a charity. Give it to somebody who, who really freaking needs your money. If you're not serious, if you're serious about it, I mean, I, I really respected the way Melissa played. She was, she was, she was, she knows what she's doing. And, and, you know, all right. So let's, let's, let's get to our top. Let's get to the Phoenix Open. Um, So, uh, you know, we had been on, the two of us had been on Scotty Scheffler's bandwagon for a long time. If you remember, if you remember, I picked Scotty Scheffler to be on the Ryder Cup team in our early days, well before, you know, well before the selections. I just thought he was playing too well and too consistently, but he hadn't won before. Match play. He was he was he was he was runner up in the match play uh, to to Billy Horschel, and when 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 he took down John Rahm at the Ryder Cup, I I really think that that's a confidence builder. And, and kind of a career turning point. I think it gave him the confidence. I mean, it's one thing to win, you know, a bunch of matches with Bryson DeChambeau. It's another thing to take down the number one player in the world. It really is. I think you're right. That's like a, I mean, that's like, that's a lot of confidence going into the season. And I think he's kind of found it, right? He drives it far. And like 
like I said, he's a good player, young player. The vote for him to be on a lot of uh, Ryder Cups, I do believe. At least the next, he's going to be on two in a row. Oh, I'm, I, I. Wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't bet against him, but this was a this was a Ryder and President's Cup leaderboard. If you if you look at it, so he you know Scheffler beats Patrick Cantley in the playoff, and I didn't see the playoff. By the time the playoff came on, I was I was you know in the Super Bowl uh, party at the MGM. But Scheffler birdies the the third playoff hole. Why don't they play sixteen in the playoff at Phoenix? I mean, I mean, I can understand not playing 17 because it's a drivable par four, which typically you're not going to do for a playoff hole. You want harder holes, but 16, 18, 16, 18, that would, I mean, there's just so many people there. It keeps the people there too. The West Coast swing is so. I, I think I have Phoenix and you know probably Riviera. Yeah, those are my favorites. Phoenix and Riviera. The rest of them, I Yeah, but uh, you know, I think they want to keep Pebble Beach the four the four days with the hard conditions at Pebble Beach for the Open for the U.S. Open. But but Torrey Pines is a great location. Riviera is a great location. The West Coast Swing is great, and we have Riviera next week. So so this was really I mean out of the out of the top five players, all but one is a, is a is was from the U.S. Ryder Cup team, and the and the fifth maybe one of the players we talk about later on today. As uh, but Scotty Scheffler beats Patrick Cantlay in a playoff. They finish at sixteen. And then Xander Schauffele and Brooks Kepka, one shot behind at 15, as, as you know, Brooks had fallen to number 20 in the world, and he said he was embarrassed about that. So I think, and, and uh, you know, Xander continues to be, you know, maybe the most, cons- he's, he's more Tony Finau than Tony Finau these days. He missed he missed a lot of like eight foot putts where he burned the edge. Home to Pope, and he's been driving around to all of the PGA Tour, the West Coast Swing, 
So what a good kid. What a, he just had to get a couple different shots. He can't face his iron when he wants to, and that cost him a little bit yesterday. But what a nice, good to see a nice young player out there. And then tied six, uh, Billy Horschel, Alex Noren. Billy Horschel's having a great year. and and. And it's good to see Alex Noren. I mean, he really had taken a step up, made the Ryder Cup team for, for, for France, and then kind of had a slump. And he seems to have come out of the slump. In fact, he, he might have been right up there, he, but he put a ball into the water on, what, 15 coming in, and, and that kind of ended his, his chances. But then he, he bounced back and got to 14 under par, uh, tied six. It's a great tournament for Alex Noren. Bubba had a good, yeah, Bubba had a good tournament. Louis Tom Tom Hoagie, Tom Tom Hoagie for another week, you know, he continues to play well. Uh Max Homa continues to play well. And then and then Carla on Saturday and Carlos Ortiz had one on Sunday. Oh, with Amanda Balionis. And they were like, they, they were getting beer spilled on them, and. Well, then let's talk. Let's talk about the people who didn't make the cut, and we'll start with our old friend Ricky Fowler. Another missed cut, seventy-one seventy. This is a tournament he's won before. I don't know. I and you know, I, we we watched him. I watched him the week before, where he just kind of fell apart. Uh, where he, where he kind of fell apart on on uh, on uh, on Friday. I don't I don't know, but a lot of guys a lot of guys didn't didn't make the cut. I mean, you know, Sam Burns, who's played so well, didn't make the cut. Uh, Gary Woodland, who loves this tournament, didn't make the cut. Um, Tony Finau, Daniel Berger, Victor Hop, Victor Hop. Oh, oh. So I was going to, I, I was going to go. I, I told you I was going to go place a bet, and my bet was going to be. So I was watching on Friday, and I said to myself, "All right, Victor Hovland was was going to make the cut, like on the number or one or one of the number." And I said, "Victor Hovland, I was going to place a bet at the MGM Sportsbook for Victor Hovland to have a backdoor top ten. And this was, that was my bet. That, I was going to make my one bet in the history of my life. Victor Hovland for a backdoor top 10. And, and next thing you know, he's like water, three, you know, triple bogey on a par five, and bye-bye. So. Have you seen that? Have you seen that Ryder Cup commercial on Instagram with Tommy Fleetwood and 
Oh, uh, Francisco Molinari. All right. Well, that's the that's the Phoenix Open next week. Again, they're at Riviera, and there wasn't a lot going on this week. the uh, The DP World Tour uh, uh, was still in the Emirates, second straight week there in the Emirates. But uh, you know, not a lot of star power in, in the Raz Al Kaima uh, uh, Classic. Uh huh. And then uh, Xander Lombard, another South African. Look at that early long tournament. I mean, this is Texas Tech and the University of Oregon. Early long tournament kid. Uh, he came in third. Barack uh, Obama from Spain came in uh, third, 16 under. And then there were a bunch of other guys. Uh, one other one player, uh, Adrian Merlant, is another German player. He was a He sure is, and then and on both tours, and some of the some of the guys some of the guys we've talked about didn't have you know particularly good weeks. So uh, Nikolai Hoygaard uh, missed the cut there, and so did Guido Migliozzi, two of the two of the kind of uh, kind of Ryder Cup hopefuls, up and comers. That's that's right. It was it was this tournament. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure John Rahm will be playing because he he's been playing. All right, so let's move on to our to our topic of the day. We're going to each pick two guys who we would like to see be on the next Ryder Cup team. It's not necessarily who we think is going to be on the Ryder Cup team but who we would like to see be on the Ryder Cup team. Uh, guys who have never been on the team before. Yeah, this is great. I mean, I, I've never been on the team before. I mean, there are a lot of good, you know, you look at this list every week from 
European Tour, their Tour, Women's Tour, Oh, does that mean can I pick Nelly Corda? Oh, yeah, Okay. So, so here's my first European player, and it, it, he's never gonna make the he's not gonna make the team. But I would just love to see him on the team. Now you remember, a lot of you remember when Boo Weekly played uh, for the U.S. and kind of made a fool of himself, but in a funny, self-deprecating way. I think I think the guy on on the European team and his career has not gone the way I think people thought it might go but who would have been, who would be the most entertaining guy in the Ryder Cup and just have so much fun would be Beef Johnston, Andrew Beef Johnston. You know, that is a good pick because he, he is like our Boo Weekly. He's, our, he's, a, he's their, yeah, he's the European Boo Weekly. Boo Weekly. He's the European Boo Weekly. He really is because it's just something about that guy I like. He's a goof. He's a goofball, but he's a self-deprecating goofball. As you know, it, it's one thing to be you know to be an idiot, but if you can kind of be that you know that kind of Woody from Cheers, but kind of make fun of yourself, and and to me that's Beef Johnson. He's a good player. I mean, he just his career hasn't evolved the way you thought it was. He hit the ball a long way and. He finished eighth in the Open Championship back in 2016, and he came onto the PGA Tour, and you thought his career would go somewhere. Um, uh, you know, he played on the PGA Tour in 2017, but lost his card, and he's, you know, you see him on the European Tour, but, but you know, not really challenging anymore. And he is a he's a perfect player for the European Ryder Cup team in a European event. Not you know like Matt, he's kind of a, he's kind of a, an up and coming Matthew Fitzpatrick type in that he doesn't hit the ball a long way, but he hits it straight. He has good short game, and for a European Ryder Cup event, I think he'd be fantastic for for one of the long courses that the Americans pick. Maybe not the best. Uh, All right, so do you want me? So do you want me to pick an American or a European? Okay, so so uh, I am going to pick a guy who is has played very well lately, and uh, is also kind of a social media favorite, uh, trying to get those 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 dollars that unfortunately are all going to Phil Mickelson and, and Tiger Woods who don't need the money, and that is Max Homa. Uh, 
Max Homa, a fantastic uh, amateur career. Uh, played at played at Cal, um, and uh, was in the Walker Cup in 2013, and started his pro career slow. He, you know, uh, he was you know kept his card, but you know his career really didn't start as you know looking to, that he was going to be a superstar. But he's won three times in the last three years. The Wells Fargo in 19, he beat Joel Dahman by three strokes. He beat Tony Fino in a playoff in the Genesis last February. Uh, and then, uh, so he's, he's the defending champion this week and beat Maverick McNeely in uh, one of the wraparound events last year as well. So uh, not, only, and not, only, not only is he a great golfer, but he just seems like he's a fun guy. Like he'd have a lot of fun out there, uh, a little bit of trash talking, He'd be on social media, you know, kind of talking about, you know, his his experience. So I'm going to go with Max Homa. I like it. I, I, I think that is a great, uh, that's a great pick. I really love this guy. I, I follow him on Insta and all that stuff. He's amazing. He's really a funny dude, man. Funny tweets. And he's Twitter. I follow him. He's funny tweets and everything. He's a cool guy. So really, really good pick. Well, the next guy I'm going to pick is a guy who played very well this past week. I kind of follow his amateur tour a little his amateur career a little bit and he was always one of these kids that you know Southern California kid from Chino Hills. He went to Pepperdine and it's just so he's Pagalic. He did good. I mean you look at his resume man. He uh, he was he was number one in two thousand ten, future masters, junior all star Robinson Grant, President's Boys Cup, Los Angeles City Championship in two thousand fourteen. Southwestern Invitational, the Holly Fair Camp in 2017. I mean, the guys just won it all. The 2019 uh, Southern uh, California Golf Association Amateur Championship, and then the 2020 uh, Australian Masters of the Amateurs. So the guy just has a really good record. I mean, look, he won the Haskins Award. He won the Ben Hogan Award. He won the Nicholas Award. And he turned pro in 2020. So, Rich, he wasn't on that team when Pepperdine won because they won last year in 2021, right? Right, right. So he wasn't on the team, which is interesting. Yeah. I guess it said his uh, collegiate career was cut short by COVID-19 pandemic, the course of 2020 season to end early, when his Pepperdine team was ranked first in the nation. But then the following year, 2021, they came back to win it all without him. So it sounded fuzzy, right? You know, he's a big kid. He hits the ball. He hits the ball a long way, and you know, I remember thinking, "Oh, as an Indian kid, he's going to be a tech. He's going to be a tech, uh, a, a technician." But no, he's he's a bomber. He's a big kid. I mean, he's bombing out. I mean, you look at this kid's amateur achievements and his amateur rec wins. I think he might be a star one day. He might make the fight. So I, I mean, he's twenty-four years old, and he's got a, he's got a number of years. But I love his story too. He's it's, it's got a, a good story. You know, son, son of immigrants, uh, just fell in love with the game, and you know his parents, you know, discovered he had talent and nurtured his talent. Uh, it's, it's a great story. Still is. Yeah, maybe, 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 uh, maybe, maybe he's gonna start sponsoring Quicken Loans, yeah. <laughs> Farmers Insurance. Yeah, I mean, gee. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's the guy I like. I think twenty-four. 
I think there's a lot of lot of and, and there's and there are a lot of young good up and coming Americans there. But this kid might be one of those better ones. So we'll see. So I had a hard time with this, with this pick. I could go with someone. I, I mean, the natural people to pick would be one of the, one of the Hoy guards. And cause I, I think they're super cool and, but I'll leave the Hoy guards to you. I thought about Guido Migliosi, who I just love the name, but he hasn't played well lately. And I, I really couldn't, you know, you know, I, an, another person who I'd be interested, I want to really follow their career is, is, uh, is, is Matthew Fitzpatrick's little brother, who's at Wake Forest. Um, but I, I, I'm something, I fancy myself something as a globalist, Stacy, And I, I, I like it that, like, Victor Hovland was the first Norwegian to play on the team. Um, so now you've had Danes and Swedes and Norwegians and Spaniards and Italians and Frenchmen and Germans. But I, I, I thought about, okay, there's other countries that have good golfers who've never played in the Ryder Cup. And I wanted to pick one of those. And I wound up down, because there aren't, I mean, I, I have to say, there aren't a lot of great golfers from these other countries. I mean, now, well, Bernd Wiesberger was from Austria, so now Austria has been, you know, has, has represented. So I came down to Juice Luten from the Netherlands and somebody from Finland whose name I couldn't pronounce. So I picked Juice Luten because I can pronounce his name and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But Juice Luten, uh, is, has been a, a solid player. Uh, nine professional wins, six on the European Tour, seems to always be in contention, has won some pretty big events. Uh, the KLM Open, twice. Um, and uh, so I picked Joyce Luton, not because I think he's the best player, the best young player, but because I just, I, I love the fact that, that the European team uh, can expand the game of golf to other countries that haven't necessarily been golfing countries. And I think it's great for these countries to have Bernd Wiesberger. And now that Bernd Wiesberger has been on the team, you know, maybe some young kid in Austria will pick up golf instead of, you know, instead of soccer and, uh, and, and increase the global profile of the game. So that, that was my pick. And, that, and that's why. German guy, 31 years, and he's 28 years old. He went to East Tennessee State University, has one professional win, and he's been a professional for about six years. So pretty young guy, right? He turned professional at 22 years old. So he's been out on tour, European tour for a while. But I think his game is so good. He hits it a long way. If he can become a better wedge player, I think he's gonna make it. He's gonna uh, rise in the world. He went a couple times on the tour. I think by the time he, you know, 2014. So my my second pick for the Americans is a guy who uh, uh, lost he lost a lot of respect in my eyes by wearing pants with octopi on them on Sunday at the U.S. Open when he was in contention. Uh, 
But then he gained just a tremendous respect for what he said at Chambers Bay when we were at Chambers Bay and the fan experience, fan experience was just awful at Chambers Bay. Uh, and he came out and he said, and he, and he talked about how he felt bad for the fans, that he loves interacting with the fans and was interviewed and said, this tournament has shortchanged the fans. We don't get, you know, close interactions with the fans. Uh, and, you know, Billy Horschel was robbed. He should have been on the Ryder Cup team at Glen Eagles. He was robbed. He was the hottest player in the world. And I think he would, he would be a red ass. I mean, he really would be a red ass. And, and, you know, in Europe, I think we need a red ass. Again, I don't, Billy Horschel wouldn't be a great pick for an American venue because he doesn't play that game. He plays more of a tactician's game. But for a European venue, not only is he deserve, would, he, would he deserve a spot, I mean, he continues to, to, to play well. I mean, he was in contention. He always seems to be in contention. He has six PGA Tour wins, including the Tour Championship um, and the BMW Championship and the Match Play Championship, which matters. But he's always in contention. And I just think for a tournament on European soil, a red ass is what we need. He is. I, I, and, and, and he would be perfect for a European Ryder Cup. Again, not perfect for an American course, uh, but perfect for a European Ryder Cup setup. And, uh, you know, early in his career, he, he, you know, he took so long to, 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 to hit the ball. He was a good player, but, you know, kind of, he wasn't a fan favorite because of how long he took. And, and, you know, I remember that Players' Championship when he was con- in contention and people were going, no, 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 no. And he's turned it all around. Turned it all around. Everybody loves Kevin. Kevin. Well, they've got they've got their young guys too, and and uh, yeah, young guys, yeah. the president, the, the, the internationals, they're really the ones who have this 
this just wave of young players. It's going to be really ex- ex- exciting and interesting to, to watch. Well, we did... We didn't, do, we didn't do standings this week. We'll do it next week. Again, we're so far out that it, you know, it doesn't change that much week to week. Or it does change a lot, but it doesn't matter a whole lot right now. But we'll do standings again next week. Um, well, we'll come to you after, after Riviera. Uh, Stacy, and I'm not going to Vegas this weekend, so I'll actually watch the tournament. Uh, two. Two hours. What time is your flight out tomorrow? Uh, eight o'clock. You took the eight o'clock flight. Two hours of sleep. How do you do it? I mean, uh, I wouldn't sleep. I wouldn't wake up until like I'd have to keep sleeping. I'd have to wake up and then go back to sleep. Uh, I was. I had to. I had to keep up with the other one. I had to keep up with Melissa. Oh man. Well, I'm glad you got that. Well, they don't. They cost. He cost him a lot of money, moving moving to L.A. without uh, without you know dotting his eyes and crossing his T's. But remember, re- no, remember, remember that uh, uh, friend of Brian's, the uh, the young girl whose father was his right hand man, and uh, you know, uh, but he owns a lot of stuff, Stan Kroenke. Yeah. Yeah. Soccer team. All right. Well, we'll be. Well, congratulations, congratulations though to Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and the Rams. It was a great game, and Cooper Cup from Eastern Washington. You can you can have a great career in any sport coming from the smallest school. You just you just have the talent. You persevere. All right. All right. Have a great week.